0: Thanks for dropping by the podcast page. Get ready to hear some highlights from the winning, three-in-a-row winning women's soccer team, along with volleyball, which is on a nice little roll as well. And it's good timing for women's soccer because the conference tournament will be here in two weeks from Tuesday. Bulls are in a good spot after their win. Yesterday afternoon, it was a windy Sunday. It was bark with the Bulls. My dog made an appearance on the air. Hey, Franklin. Franklin, who's... Well, probably still asleep right next to me here. Yep, yeah, he's definitely still asleep. Uh, it was a fun day, that is for sure. Coming off the one-nothing win against North Texas on Thursday, the Bulls get another one-nothing win. If you'd have told me that the team that scored the only goal in the game would have scored it into the wind, I would have said no chance. But fortunately, that's what happened, and it was the Bulls who did so in the first half. Now they send it up to Emma Albert. Here's a chance, but the wind—you boy, you can see it there. What a save by gaia Boy, that wind is a massive factor, because that ball just kept rolling and rolling into the path of the on-rushing Emma Albert, And it ended up leading her into a perfect shot. Emma Albert, the freshman from Argyle, Texas, gets an early scoring opportunity there. There's a long shot by Sider, not a bad one, it's in! Sadie Sider with a huge rip into the wind. And the Bulls, with 10 minutes and 44 seconds left in the first half, have taken the lead. What a moment there. Anything you could get offensively into this wind in the first half would be a Your bonus. But Robert how about the first well, goal for the sophomore from Canada? Tremendous shot. And again, that was FDU, from 20 yards two, plus into the wind, and it rifled in the upper right corner, a stunner, and the Bulls have the lead. As I said, the way the weather conditions were shaping up, that felt like such a huge moment, and maybe the Bulls could salt it away with another goal. That other goal never came, but it was enough, and thanks to what happened, actually the Bulls knew of this as they were playing their first half with East Carolina, now, when they beat the Bulls four games ago to take a three-point lead in the division, we knew that there would be a chance for East Carolina to lose to Memphis, and that happened. But they were going to need one more bit of help in the last four games, and it came from Tulsa on Sunday in Greenville. The Golden Hurricane actually should have won the game, but the Bulls will still take the fact that East Carolina had to settle for a tie because, well, two things. You just don't expect Tulsa to come back against the Pirates and a really good defensive team like they did, and they scored not just once but twice with about 15 minutes to go to take the lead. However, the Pirates scored a stunning, dramatic goal with only seven seconds left. Still, the fact they tied meant that if the Bulls could win against SMU, they'd be in first place. Now, they... Never got that comfort zone. Even with the wind, they just could not get it going. That's what Denise Sheltie Brown spoke to me a little bit here in the postgame comments. You're about to hear my chat with Denise and the goal scorer from Ottawa. But the Bulls now are in first place. They are four one and one in conference play, eight five and one overall. The 13 points in their division has them two up on East Carolina with three matches to go. And if you look at the schedule, it is really favorable for the Bulls because East Carolina immediately has to go to SMU in North Texas, and we just saw those teams and certainly would think that the Pirates are not going to go 2-0 and in those games. So really, if the Bulls just win two of their last three, they are in golden shape, and they could pull it off this weekend as they had to Rice and to UTSA. We did learn that winning the division does guarantee you a top-two seed. Now Memphis is undefeated in the conference at 6-0, and so they are going to be the one seed. But that's why getting the division lead is so important, because if you're that team, you will be the two seed for the conference tournament and not have Memphis on your side of the bracket. And, oh, yeah, the conference tournament starts in two weeks from tomorrow. It starts on Halloween, so it's starting to wind down. The Bulls are at Rice on Thursday. Here's my post-match interviews exclusives. With Coach Shilty Brown, followed by Sadie Cider. All right. So, with Denise Shilty Brown, after a one-nothing win, are we calling this the way to go going forward for the Bulls? One nothing is at the plan heading into every match because it's working out so far.
1: Listen, I know you're American and you want more goals, <laughs> but that's soccer. One goal is all it takes, and uh, and we're happy. It was a great goal. We, you know, excited that Sadie um, showed that ability because she has that ability. And uh, we got a lot of ways that we can score. We're going to just keep open up, opening up those doors.
0: Now, second half with that wind in your on your back, when did you sort of make the determination like, okay, we could plow forward or we could hold back and take the conditions to our advantage defending?
1: Um, we entered into the half just trying to defend in a, a way that made sense, like take all the precautions behind the ball. Um, but it wasn't being executed, um, you know, extremely well, um, multiple different reasons. Some of the things that due to what they were doing, some of the things what we were doing, but it wasn't allowing us to, um, actually be defensively sound. It was making us chase and we could do that for a period of time, but we would have tired and then opened up gaps. So, you know, we just kind of switched and and took some opportunities to go at them when we could. And, um, and yeah, we stopped playing super safe, but it ended up being the right way.
0: Uh, let me ask you about Lele because, you know, that's something that we haven't really talked about. She's yeah. taken over as the goalkeeper and she doesn't make that one highlight real say, but she's always very solid.
1: Um, I agree. And she's making better decisions every game. Um, I think in her first couple starts for us, there was like some moments, but now her decision making has grown. Her confidence in her feet has grown. I really love her in the moments of corner kicks. I think she's had that intensity that just helps our team execute those moments. So we're really, really proud of
0: her last thing you just mentioned the word confidence I guess a three-game winning streak can probably add to what have what have you seen in the team from a mental standpoint that's kind of led to that
1: I mean we're a really talented team I think it was hard in the first eight games to be down Sadie and Peyton Felton I think you know it's not it's not just two people that makes the difference but they come in and the team has you know more to play with I have more depth that have experience I have great depth my freshmen are really good um, but they don't have necessarily the experience in a game like SMU, but these guys do. So, you know, you're taking Felton off but of putting Vinci in. Both of them have e- extreme experience, so I think it just helped us kind of get over that edge. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Coach. Okay, thank you so much. Go Bulls.
0: With the goal scorer, who were you just talking to? It looks like your family was here.
1: Yeah, my
2: family came from Canada for the weekend, so good time to score. <laughs> it's really fun.
0: Wait a second. So you're telling me they were the secret? I mean, uh, do you want to put on a show? I know. We better get them to stay here for longer and maybe they'll score some more goals. So it was a a pretty great shot. Uh, Is that the kind of thing that you guys, uh, you have been able to pull off in practice and we're sort of waiting for the moment here?
2: Yeah, we've been working on it a lot, especially recently. I've kind of had trouble in games like being confident to shoot from far out and we've been working on it a lot, a lot in practice and... I was really happy to like be able to do it in the game.
0: Was the, was the wind a factor? Because to me, you weren't gonna have that many opportunities in the first half. So maybe just take it, be a little let, let, a bit more carefree in that situation.
2: Um, I wasn't thinking about the wind. I was more thinking about my positioning, like okay. being, I was like far out, but I was pretty central. So I knew that if I could like hit the ball off center, I'd have a good chance of scoring.
0: Uh, And how did it feel? What was the reaction? It was your first career goal here.
2: It was awesome. It was really fun, especially in a game like this. I wasn't here last year, but I know about SMU, so it was really important to win. So happy to score.
0: I was in Orlando last year. I can tell you it's good that you guys won. Trust me. Uh, And then last thing, second half, uh, you know, it's third game in a row now that you guys have kind of seen it out. Do you feel comfortable with that lead now these days?
2: Yeah, we talk a lot about managing games, and I think... We kind of were joking that usually we have to only manage the last 10 minutes. Today we felt like we were doing game management when it hit 30 minutes. So that was like maybe something to review, but it's like we're pretty confident that we can see out games when we're winning. And, yeah, it was nice that we were able to do it.
0: We're glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. So this weekend, both East Carolina and the Bulls are in Texas. And frankly, the Bulls have the easier opponents. I would not be stunned if they wrap up the division title, and number two seed this weekend. More on that later in the week. We'll also tell you what happened now on Saturday with men's soccer settling, as I said, for a point in Philadelphia where it was windy and rainy and 50 degrees. So just to thrive in that conditions like the Bulls did, they should have won this game. They're actually down 10 minutes in, but they kept battling. They controlled the play. They outshot the Owls 17-5. to And Pedro Fife, the freshman from the Miami area, got his first career goal. Great celebration on a header off of Ajmer Spengler's corner kick about a minute into the second half, and the Bulls weren't done trying to score. In fact, Fife had a tremendous shot that got saved. The Temple goalkeeper had to come up with some big-time stops, including one late when It was Shigun Afalabi breaking in, and Andrew Kempe was able to make a tremendous—I don't know how he made it. Afalabi was trying to go between his legs, and somehow Kemp was able to block it with his left leg, and it didn't squirt in between. The Bulls were unfortunate not to win this game, but 1-1 was the score, and something that I'll try and get word on. I just hope it's not the same thing that happened a few years back to Sergio Paneros Mayorga. It's his last year with the team. I mentioned the conditions in Philadelphia, and the turf is just tough. A couple years ago, he tore his ACL on that field. He had to pull himself out of the game five minutes in. Now, I didn't see the actual play, but I did see him depart and it was his right leg, so we'll try and get word on that for you. Fortunately, the Bulls are fine at that right-back position with Richard Thompson, who came on. That's why you see somebody with 73 minutes off the bench. And remember, they have Brian Schaefer, who can help out defensively, and he got some extended run as well. The Bulls end up 1-1, so they stay behind Temple in the standings. And even though my initial reaction was the inability to get that goal, hence the win, means probably the Bulls have to win out to make the conference tournament. Now, I can officially retract that statement. The good and the bad news is there's no way the Bulls can finish in the top three, but those top three continue to beat everybody else. So it is wide open for spots four, five, and six in the conference tournament. If you look at the standings, Charlotte, oh yeah, the team that beat the Bulls with 16 seconds left is in first place. Now, they played one extra match. So SMU and FIU, who tied one another, can both jump over Charlotte. But Charlotte has 15 points with two matches remaining. SMU and FIU at 13, both with three matches left. Then it drops all the way to six points. That's basically two and three. That's Memphis and Tulsa. FAU has six points, but they're two and four. They only have two matches left. Then Temple, five points, and the Bulls with four. Their two home games left are against UAB, which is winless and FAU, which is ahead of them, but again has one last match to play. In fact, the Owls' only other conference game is against FIU. You'd expect them to lose, and so I'm telling you, if the Bulls beat a winless UAB and win in the home finale against FAU, they will be in the conference tournament. Now, to get that fourth spot, which means you're hosting a first-round conference tournament game, they'll probably have to at least tie Memphis. If they lose, that four spot will almost certainly go to the Tigers. So that is in between the conference home matches for the Bulls. Before all that, by the way, they play at Stetson this week, which is a game that, considering the Bulls don't really have an at-large resume, I'm guessing that Bob Horn will rest a lot of his starters as much as possible, and then they'll get back on for conference play Saturday night at Corbett against winless UAB. But first, they play Stetson on Tuesday night, the new RPI came out on Monday, and three top ten opponents, all of whom edged the Bulls by a goal. That's right, three top ten opponents, SMU, FIU, and Clemson, and four more in the top 50. But the main thing to know, despite their overall record being 3-7-1, and one, the Bulls certainly are still in it to make the conference tournament and... Perhaps replicate last year's magic. They'll just have to do it at the conference tourney level as opposed to in the regular season. Sure, they could conceivably win out. There's four games left, but that still just puts you at 500. And Again, looks like they'll have to win the whole AAC tournament this year. It's possible. Now, there is no conference tournament for volleyball, so the only way to get an automatic bid is to win the league. And technically, the volleyball team is still in it. They are now 7-2 in the league, 13-7 overall after taking two from Charlotte this weekend. Another sweep on Friday night. It was not a scary Friday the 13th. Here are some of the highlights. Barrow serving for Charlotte deep. Hazan, excellent pass to Dykes. Going to go left side. Andrade winds up and gets up and puts it down. No chance on the other side for Thompson. That's a bad pass, but Dykes gets it over the net. And Charlotte's in the net. Wow, what a play by Caroline Dykes. It should be a one-point set instead. It's 20-17. to Left side to Thompson, deflected at the net. A diving dig by Thomas. Perfect pass. Dykes to Huzan. What a way to end that first set. All set up by Thomas getting to a tough shot. Whalen, aforementioned top libero. Nice serve, but dug up by Alexis Williams. Left side to Marie Andrade, and when she connects, there's no getting it back, three to one. Maria took up by Hazan, Another effort by Walewiski, and that was Hazan finishing the deal. 11 to four, while the 49ers are a little ragged, and that is an overpass in the end of the set, as Maria Andrade was ready for it. So, Busse Hazan hit 10 kills in the set, and with that one, Andrade gets to 10. The Bulls are crushing it right now in every which way. Oh, what a dig by Thomas. We'll explain it after the point ends. Oh. It was Charlotte in the net. and The Bulls win the point. Thomas was almost going to face plant because she was anticipating the ball, and it got deflected, so she, basically her head was down, and she was able to sort of push one arm up enough to get it off the court and just push the ball up in the air to extend the point. Amazing. 5-1, to one, Thomas. on point here. Dykes, again Thomas with the pass. She's really good at that, and Andrade wins it. Left side, and that's a block for South Florida. Tizzy Poise gets it down. Push shot by Walter Whiskey, Hazan was ready for it. This should be a clean set by Dykes. Wow, Maria Andrade in her wheelhouse. Makes it 20 to 13, Time Hazan for team leading kills. Thompson back ready. Ricks, and this time she is blocked. Nikki Kashatife puts it down, and the Bulls get a resounding and yet another conference sweep victory how sweep it is and how sweet that it was Jolene Shepherdson's 150th career victory middle set 25-10 now Charlotte pushed back on Sunday in fact even when the Bulls won the first set they had been up five and saw Charlotte tied at 22 however and this is a big difference from last year finishing strong now it didn't happen in the second set. As Charlotte took it 26 24, so it was anybody's match until the Bulls decided to, you know, crank up a season high 70 kills and nearly had five players in double figures. Buse Hazan 19, Maria Andraj 15, Tizzy Pulies 13, with two errors only, Marta Fitkovic, 11 kills, one error, and Nikki Kishantofe 9 kills and no errors. The team hit 379. They win the third set 25 15. And after falling behind 5 nothing in the fourth, so Charlotte's thinking, we're going to force a fifth set. It ended up being 25-11, a 16-1 run in there. Also want to mention the defense of Maya Thomas. This team is fun to watch, and you can watch them on Friday night at home against North Texas. More on volleyball, I'm guessing some weekly honors coming down monday afternoon we'll talk about those i'm sure and it's not just the offense by the way they were able to shut down the player that was leading charlotte in kills laura kretschmer had one kill and five errors friday and she had three on sunday again she was tops on their team in kills bulls are getting it done in more ways than one On Wednesday's show, we'll also give you the final outcome. We hope a victorious one for men's golf. And whatever happens with men's tennis's Alvin Todorica, he's already done a lot. Playing at the ITA Southeast Regionals in Georgia, hosted by Georgia Tech, Todorica today has made it to the semifinals. Bracket with all the best schools from the Southeast. Everyone from Florida, Gators, Knowles, Canes, UCF, host Georgia Tech is excellent. University of Georgia, all of them. And Todorica is in the semifinals, the final four. Think of making the final four in a 60-14 bracket. That's what he's done. He and Eric Gravelius are your top two bulls. Gravelius did win two matches. Got to give him some love as well before falling Saturday afternoon in the round of 32. But Todorica, the 12th seed, pretty easy first round match. Then against a player from FAU. First two sets went tiebreakers. He wins the first 9-7, loses 10-8, shakes it off, and wins 6-4 in the third. Then, Saturday evening against six seed from FSU Jamie Connell, drops the first 6-2, wins the next two, 6-4 apiece. And then on Sunday, just for fun, beat a player from UCF who had just knocked out the number two seed, Aiden Kim from Florida. So a nice little duel. That Alvin wins 6-3, 6-4. This morning, he is playing Martin Katz from Miami. Then the championship match would be later today. The other semifinal with two players from Georgia. So whatever happens today, Alvin Todorica has already achieved a lot. Same can be said for men's golf, which won last week. Entered today tied with Toledo for first place. Both teams went 28 under par across 36 holes on Sunday. Bulls were a you know strong 13 under in the first round, but decided to follow that up with a 15 under second round. Brock Healy and Jake Peacock were both six under par in their second round with Healy dropping an eagle in there. Peacock two six under 66s. Healy went four under six under. Sam Nicholson one under two under, and Cooper Smith just flipped that around two and one. So let's Bull for the Bulls today as they enter the day tie with Toledo at 28 under par drop-off, a little bit to Indiana, and then the rest of the field over in Vero Beach. So a lot to tell you about on Wednesday's show, but that's going to wrap up the Monday version of Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.